You're tuned into news across the galaxy where they talk all things LA Galaxy with the Nag Boys. Let's start nagging. Just like when they said the Lakers couldn't do it in 2010 and 2011. And when the Galaxy couldn't do it in 2011. Sorry, 20, yeah, 2011 and 2012. 12. We're going back to back. With not much to talk about. And we're going to make something out of nothing. Just like the Galaxy is trying to do. <laughs> Welcome to back to back episodes of News Across the Galaxy in 2024. Hey! <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Chewy. Chewy, yeah. come on, folks. Do your fucking job. Ah, Chewie's still in 2023 form. Damn. Terrible. I can't even see myself. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Uh, So, uh, as always... Oh, actually, I fucked it up. Welcome to News Across the Galaxy, where we talk all things LA Galaxy. My name is Eddie. As always, to my left... You're right. Now, how long have we been doing the show? Who knows, to be honest. Six years? Let's call it six years. I want to say seven. This is going to be our seventh. All right. Uh, my seven-year hetero uh, <laughs> podcast partner, uh, <laughs> Brian. Hetero is questionable. <laughs> I mean, on this side, yes. On that side. Well, uh, we get along. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Edgar over there live from wherever the hell he is. What's up, Edgar? Next Studio East, baby. I'm over here. What's up, everybody? Ah, and very, very special guest. Thank you for being here. Uh, the original uh, Traffico Radio, and not to be confused with Russell Crowe, the original LA Confidential, <laughs> Mr. Head and Shoulders, Mr. <laughs> iconic Hair, Mike Gray, I, Mike Gray, welcome to the show. And a delightful human being. He's delightful. Mr. Head and Shoulders. Wow. Well, <laughs> I gotta say, say um... There's there's two Nag Studios. There's there's a Nag main Nag Studio, then Nag East. Is that it? Yeah, we have a Nag East now. You guys are raking in the cash, man. I mean, I'm just I'm gonna plug (laughs) these guys' podcasts. They have way over a thousand subscribers now. So, uh, we're not on YouTube tonight, are we? Yeah, probably we're not. Yeah. Oh, we are. Okay. Uh, Right. So, in other words, uh, if you're listening right now. Can you guys please give the Nag Boys a few bucks? They need it. I just got done <laughs> selling them on the idea that they need to have a neon Nag Boy Nag News like neon sign. Just right here. Just uh, are we gonna have it in like white or maybe blue, white, and gold? Or Ooh, are we, we could we actually at? talk about what it is. Why not all of them? If we get enough money, come on, cough it up, Chiefs Keats. <laughs> cough it up. In case you're wondering, it's the little dollar sign right next to you. <laughs> right next to you when you, you tight. Super chat, baby. Super chat. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, oh, there you go. That's uh, what we were waiting for that one. Now, nah, again, thank you, Mike, uh, for coming on. Uh, man of his word. You know, we... Uh, we so you know you've done so much for the galaxy and honestly i was a little surprised when uh you know you hit us up on on twitter i was like oh hell yeah i think we're 
we're very humbled because yeah. we don't really get hit up yeah. for yeah. <laughs> to come on the show. Yeah, so that was uh, that was that was very. Well, get out of here! I was being thoroughly entertained. I had a few of these. I was having a blast, Have and been. then oh, just nice IPA, to be honest. But yeah, um, then Bryant was nice enough to invite me on. And then I it was just kind of like, do it, and I was like, I, I hope he doesn't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is just, I love the show, but I'm also lazy. So I mean, I had that going on, but then. I got the call and I was like, all right, I'm so excited because like I was saying off camera, you know, this podcast is so full of personality. Uh, I just, I, I, I get caught in a wall of just listening to you guys and then someone will just have a zinger. I'm like, <laughs> so, uh, man, like I got to, I don't know, should I say some generic bullshit about the galaxy community and blah, blah, blah. The fact of the matter is you guys are great and I've been wanting to come on here for a long time and let's have some fun. Yeah, well, thank you again. We are humbled and we're actually grateful uh, to have an actual professional, aside from Edgar, join Eddie and myself to talk smack about, you know, our favorite team that sometimes makes me want to uh, jump off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, let's get unprofessional. Let's get it. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're going to start off with, and I must, we're going to start off with this, and the way the things went and the way everything read was uh, kind of weird, kind of sus, as the kids say. Uh, and uh, if you know anything and you can't expand on it, it's fine, Mike. But uh, the whole Joe Monkarowski and Elegaxi part ways uh, was kind of out of nowhere. Big news, in to be my, honest. Uh, my, and, and it was kind of like one of those... Um, like saying in passing kind of conversations, mm -hmm. you know, and because it, it was very minimal. There was no Jovan graphic. There was just the fucking basic font. It was, but of course the Galaxy Twitter community and everyone blew it up. But I think for your every, not, I guess your everyday like I visit the Galaxy website kind of kind of uh, fan. It was kind of just swept under the rug and. It's kind of weird how it all went down. I don't know how you guys felt, but I felt like it was just, this should be bigger than what it actually was. Uh, you know, the way it was put out, I think it was bigger than what it actually, the Galaxy made it seem to be. Sorry. So, well, it was like, a, it was one sentence. And from the beginning, you know, the whole thing's shrouded in mystery because, first of all, was he fired? Was he let go? Did they actually part ways? Like, that's a mystery. The timing of it in early January suggests that maybe his contract just simply ran out. But uh, when you look at the fact that there was no personal anything, even with Klein, um, I can tell you right now that Chris Klein was loved in the organization. To the point where, yes, when he was like, it was tragic. I mean, there's there's people in the galaxy community that were that were actually close to him. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, as, as frustrating as he was, he he was a very solid human being. I mean, even I said a lot of bad things about him. And then the one time that I s really spoke to him for five to ten minutes, like he was a total gentleman. You know, he congratulated me on uh, you know my promotion with the striker and the striker moving to L.A. Like he's he's a good guy, but. Um, and you saw that reflected when he was like, oh, with Karaski, uh, you know, 
there, I had uh, someone on Twitter who told me like when it got like go oh, like uh, I've never even seen this dude at the stadium, you know. And I've uh, I've been going to games for like a decade, and I've never even seen what this guy looks like. And that's kind of the story of Karaski. He was always very behind the scenes. Yeah, uh, we heard about his rare successes, you know, when he was able to pluck Zlatan, for example. But uh, at the end of the day, it, it's tough to speculate because we don't know anything. But if I were to take an educated guess, I would say that when they made the restructuring of the FL last year and they split the soccer operations and the business operations and they brought in Will Kuntz, it became very obvious where the Deadwood was in the organization. Mm -hmm. That's just my educated guess. But I'm telling you right now, uh, Wilkins was below Krosky, and he gets above Krosky, and then Krosky's let go. So uh, you can just kind of make your own assumptions based off of what happened. Um, I'll Before we go forward, though, I, I will say this. Uh, I heard what you said about, like, you never see the guys more behind the scenes kind of guy. And I was always under this impression he's um, a special American player because of the way he came up to the ranks, right, in soccer. So for me, the way I looked at it, it's not my check. Uh, my check's getting written, right? So for me, it's a, a guy that, yeah, whether we kept him or not, it wouldn't bother me because I think he's the kind of guy that he, if he calls you, you answer at least, right? The slot on deal doesn't happen without him. Yeah, I don't think the Chicha deal happens without him either because we all found out about Chicha. Uh, we all confirmed Chicha was coming because he posted his IG in Spain. So on his IG that he was in Spain. So for me, it's one of those things. It's like, eh, yeah, we lost him. It sucked, but I wouldn't mind kept keeping him because his uh, kids look up this word if you have to. If you have to, his roller decks is pretty deep. <laughs> his roller decks. Well, and the, hey, um, before you go on, let me, let me just say something that kind of counters that of what Kirowski brought to the galaxy. It worked for us before, bringing in big names, bringing in big stars, and he was the guy you will answer to. MLS has gone away from that for most of the, the recent success of other teams like a Seattle. Atlanta. They've gone away from that model. You bring in a Coons who build the team with the new model, and you got to take this guy out. We haven't been successful with the, hey, answer Karofsky's call model for a while, since 2014. So you had to get this stench of loser from the LA Galaxy out, even if it came at the cost of a person who has brought us players that has brought us championships. Well, that's actually my thing, too, the stench. Edgar? Uh, yeah, a couple things. I actually had a sit-down interview with him when I was uh, writing for um, for Yanks Abroad way back in uh, 2013. And uh, we talked about what his role with the club was. At the time, he was very heavily involved in the academy. And he was talking about, uh, you know, what the academy did for the LA Galaxy and how they were, were looking to structure it. And uh, how that, all that worked, uh, mind you, this conversation was uh, what, 11 years ago. So that's, I don't remember like, you know, specifics, but I do remember talking to him and, you know, he seemed like a pretty, you know, you're run of the mill, 
front office guy, and I, I've talked to several uh, front office people throughout the years. I've been covering Galaxy since '97, so it, there's nothing about him that really struck me like, oh, okay. Um, there's you know he's a guy working. Uh, as far as his career is concerned, uh, I, um, I mean, I did follow his career. Uh, I, I know that he didn't get a chance to play with Manchester United proper because of work permit issues. But I actually, man, when I when you look back, and I know a lot of people, might, you know, might be like, "Damn, Edgar, you're, that's pretty messed up." I guess kind of feel like he was in the right place at the right time, and the whole thing with the Champions League thing, he just happened to be there. He had no part in that. He just happened to be there. He's like taking up a roster spot. He just happened to be on the uh, club. No, and, I, and, look, and he, hold on. I, I'll counter he, that right there real quick because especially in those times, you were better off being in the training squad of those teams oh, yeah. than oh, no, uh, no. MLS, you know, the starting lineup. No, obviously, yeah, yeah. But it's just, you know, he just he got to start there. But what happened after that? He bounced around all over Europe. Didn't never really stuck around anywhere in particular. He just kind of bounced around, and uh, eventually, when he couldn't cut, you know, he couldn't really cut it in Europe. He ended up coming back to the U.S. playing in MLS, and this is where he had his longest stints. Um, I know some people will be like, "Well, you know, the same thing happened with uh, Landon Donovan." But are you really going to compare Landon Donovan to Jovan Karowski? No. no, absolutely not. Right, they didn't have the same cultural impact or even the same kind of impact that they did in U.S. soccer. But uh, as far as being an MLS executive, he did a lot of stuff that you know people, a lot of people really didn't know. I mean, a lot of people, you know, unless you watch The Simpsons, right, like religiously, a lot of people really don't know what Homer Simpson does, right? Mm-hmm. He's a you know he's a drone in Sector Seven G, right? But what what <laughs> does he do? <laughs> You know, it's the same thing with Karofsky. Like, what the hell did he do? Right? What did he really, really do after all these years? You know, when I met him, you know, like I said, he was he was involved with the academy, but after all these years, what was his actual role? You know, and like, but then you start hearing all the rumblings, right? You, you, there was that interview with Dennis DeClosa, and there he's talking about how like he was trying real hard to, to bring Santa Jimenez to the LA Galaxy, and what was that? Aliens. <laughs> and, uh, aliens. <laughs> I knew. Yeah, he's coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> the FBI is Cosmo. <laughs> aliens coming. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then you hear, like, you know, the, that somebody, somebody in the front office were like, no, 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 no. You know, we'd rather yeah. sell kids. Here's the funny thing. Like, Actually, jerseys. I'm going I'm to touch on the Homer Simpson thing, right? Go uh, he, what did he do, right? He saved Springfield. They didn't fire him. They let him sleep because when you need him to any, any, mini mini mo, he picks the right one. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying, if you're that, that's pretty deep. If you're a Simpsons fan, he, hey. he saved Springfield. Hey, bro. You know, I'd rather have Homer, though, working in the Galaxy front office than Joe. <laughs> oh, come on, that. Uh, somebody in the chat, uh, William. My brother Lobos. <laughs> he said, "Your neck boy." Uh, he's right. Unfortunately, Karowski is just uh, collateral damage. We want to move forward. You bring in a new guy with Coons. He, like Mike Gray said, he went above Karowski and he wants his new clean slate and bringing in the people that he wants. It's the nature of the business. Yeah, and. Uh, I got we like I was telling uh, Mike before we got on. I was like, you know, if you're Will Kuntz, you, know, you wanna you wanna build the team. Uh, you wanna bring people around you that you can delegate to, or that you you know you can trust to do those certain things for you. 
without saying, oh, well, you know, in my in my time, this is how we ran things. Like, no, 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 no. You know, we got to do things differently because the way it's been running hasn't really panned out the way, you know, we wanted it to. So now it, it, it's okay to move on and do things differently. But the one thing that still is still so strange is, right, the way it came down. Like Mike said, one sentence, right? There was no opportunity to, hey, thanks, Galaxy family and fans for your support all these years. No, there was no video, no, no pictures, no autograph, you know, message saying goodbye. Thanks for everything. No, it was just like he showed up to work one day and they had all his stuff in a box and told him, yep, bye. How'd you get fired on your day off? Controversy time? <laughs> and they're like, you know, like your keys, don't, you know, your, your key lock doesn't work in the building anymore. Bye. <laughs> yes. It's like we had your car towed. Eddie, Bye. controversy. A controversy time. Controversy. Before I say what I have to say, uh, Mike, anything else on Jovan? Because this is going to stir the pot. Oh, no. Um, I mean, <clears throat> you were talking, uh, Edgar, about Fucking Karofsky a decade ago and uh, all sorts of things about the Academy. Well, let's look even now. Um, to be honest, and I don't even think this is a hot take, you know, we can talk about the Galaxy and how they failed to produce players in, you know, a city that's really like a hotbed for talent, but LA still has yet to produce their first homegrown star. Let's just do, let's just look at the number. Or we'll, we'll, we'll just go back and look at the players. Julian uh, Araujo. Uh, I would argue that Barcelona, uh, the academy over in Arizona, you know, by the time that he came to the Galaxy, he was, uh, you know, he was a G two player who was on the verge of making it to the first team. I mean, uh, I don't know about you guys, but it annoyed the hell out of me that uh, that GBS was sitting there playing Rolf Felker over and over again when he had. A Barcelona player sitting right over there on the, the bench, but um, that's not someone who like showed up at the club at like 12 years old and then they worked their way up to becoming a star. Uh, the union can do that. There's, I'd say, half a dozen teams that are this excellent elite at producing talent, and uh, you know, forget producing talent. We 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 haven't done that once. And I think the big issue is, uh, you know, even with, uh, yeah, there's been some news lately, and there's been a lot of positive news, right? We have Brandon Tellis sold the Chivas for 100000 And then uh, you have Alex Alcala, uh, who Manchester City purchased or the option when he, uh, and now he's going to be probably loaned to another team. But um, that was a deal that was made back in 2020, the, the Manchester United deal with Alex Alcala. Uh, and then you look at Brian and Tellers, and yes, that's that's progress. But I think that uh, we're only halfway there because you can sell players, and that's fine. What's missing from the Galaxy is the pipeline. We don't have players who are 17, 18, who are just hungry, and then they're, they're being given first team minutes because they've earned them. Even now, uh, you know, Jalen Jalen was like the one exception of a player who was in the academy, and then he yeah. you know he worked his way up, and then uh, you know part part of the issue is trying to uh, is trying to like have the perception of like you know uh, the galaxy and what we're about here versus sort of the perception of the club from like a national perspective. In LA, everyone loves Jalen Neal; like he's going to be a future star. When you listen to the national pundits, 
they're more skeptical. It's more, you know, they ask questions like, uh, can he, you know, can he take a step in terms of his physicality? Can, uh, you know, uh, personally, I think there's a lot to his game that I love. I think that the Galaxy last year really missed his breaking line passes and his, you know, attacking ability. But, um, yeah, uh, I mean, what do you guys think? Uh, do, do you think that I'm out of line by saying this, or do you think that the Galaxy are making full? Well, I can talk about no, Jalen. No, no, no. Jalen's awesome, oh, obviously, the... but... Go ahead. Sorry. I mean... Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Is finished what you're saying? Like, sorry, question. Oh, no. Do you think that um, the youth development with the LA Galaxy, is it something that's on the rise? Is it something that still needs some work? What's your guys' take? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, go because I think uh, me and... Well, Brian more <laughs> than both of us. Brian... Could have been a star. <laughs> but like every great uncle who played soccer. Yeah. I fucked my knee up. <laughs> nah. It's, it's just there's there's nothing there for us. We actually had a friend too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go on name. We know who we're both talking about. Yeah. yeah. Like, he had to pay to make his way out there. He got close. Yeah. But it's like, I think it's like, because there's... Especially like Cali in LA, it's just like it's we're like what the if we were if Cali was a country we're like the sixth most populated country or something like that. Yeah, you know, the fifth most powerful economy in the world. Yeah, so until that changes, then yeah, we we don't the galaxy can't do it. That's a city. They 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 can't do it. not even a city. It's it's very uh, what's the word I'm here. Uh, you know, I, you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, very yeah, niche. I, let me, you know, let, to, me make that point I, let me make that point. I forgot to make a second ago. The, the, the thing with Alcala, it, it's kind of just shows where the galaxy are at. A club from England. Wait, you got this, Mike. You got it. We believe in you. <laughs> oh, I'll send him not on the thing anymore. All right. <laughs> uh oh. Damn. Uh oh. Net zero. I'll say what I was gonna say real quick, yeah. and uh, hopefully uh, Mike can hear me. I mean, I, I think he froze, but uh, <clears throat> the thing about Jalen that I that I uh, I repeat and I've repeated several times is that we love, like he said, we love Jalen. We lo- we've seen him come up in the academy. You know, his, the relationship with his mom and you know, his family. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, right? It's very rare. The most I heard of to find that in professional sports uh, across the United States. I mean, where else have you seen something like this? If you follow other sports, it's very rare. Uh, but anyway, uh, when I was in Charlotte last year uh, to watch the U.S. play uh, Trinidad in the Gold Cup, and Jalen was announced, the the crowd gave him a really good pop. So he start. I mean, people are starting to take notice of what he does. I've compared him to a you know a young Eddie Pope. Eddie Pope. Yep. I, I think you know Eddie Pope is a fan. Fantastic, legendary defender, not just in MLS, but for U.S. soccer. Um, and I see Jalen uh, can have a, a solid career just like that. And uh, the one thing that is, it is strange, and Mike touched on that, is that when you think about LA Galaxy, and you think about LA being what it is, right, as far as a football hotbed, mm-hmm. why don't we have, you know, a, a stronger academy like FC Dallas. I mean, you think about MLS Academy, you immediately think of FC Dallas. You think of Philadelphia Union. 
right? And now, like, you know, other other clubs are starting to establish their own academy systems and starting to get strong. That's... With Galaxy, uh, I can tell you, way back in 1998, um, when I was very, when I was still playing myself, I, I was a member of the Galaxians, and we played in a, in a tournament. We played in an actual, like, tournament that was sanctioned by uh, Anka Cat, if I remember, and... Um, we made it to the final. I remember that year there were Concacaf scouts there, and I remember thinking to myself, "Wow, you know, this is this is incredible." I'm playing at the tournament. All these people from different you know regions of Concacaf are here scouting this you know this tournament, and um, it, it it goes to the whole thing where there are so many fingers in LA, right? We have teams from Liga MX and Central and South America that are watching all the young talent coming out here, especially people that are second generation or even third generation from Latin America. And then on top of that, you have the kids that one day dream of playing in Europe. How does LA Galaxy get their cut of the pie in there, or even LAFC, right, since they're in town as well? How did you get in there and elbow your way in and be like, hey, this is our territory, this is our town? And it's not like... It's not like pro wrestling, right? Where you know Vince McMahon shouldered his way into a territory and forced, you know, his his program, his system. You can't do that in soccer and MLS football. So, Galaxy has that to battle. Actually, they have to battle against other teams. Actually, no. Uh, right. The wrestling and Vince McMahon thing is actually the perfect thing because wrestling in certain states, as we know, it's bigger, and in California. It's not. That's what I'm saying. That's why the galaxy, because Mike's question was the galaxy, right? You didn't ask California. You didn't ask LAFC. You asked the galaxy. It's so niche. It's just a niche, niche, not niche, niche. Such a niche market that you have to take over. It's it, it it's hard to develop those those players when you're asking for money. You're asking them like um, Julian Rajo is like your one prime example. Before that, you're like, all right, show me what else you've done. You know, yeah. like, here are accolades. Yo, your son can make hundreds of hundreds of dollars. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. what can you, you know, what can you show these parents, right? Well, At the end of the day, they're the ones paying to pay, paying to play. Yeah. Right? Well, like, well, this is one of the models that just U.S. soccer in general needs to get away from, where how they have it structured, like in Spain or England. Where you bring in kids that have the talent. Dude, you're going to tell me Los Angeles is not going to have the talent to bring in some of the greatest footballers probably in the world? You just aren't able to go out and pay those kids. Which is what they do in basketball, football, and and baseball. And this is the question I would have uh, for Mike. Because I have my opinion. I want your opinion. So, ask um, the Galaxy to pull back the curtain a bit, right? We've seen the fields they're making. Right. We've seen the one that Jalen did. We saw the one Beckham did a long time ago. It's like, what's the end game for these? Are these people we're going to watch? And if they're good enough, we're going to invite them for free? And does that work? Right? Like, Jalen's is the closest to an urban city where, you know, that's where mostly athletes come from. The Why it works that way, we don't know. But it does. Right? The, the urban yeah, kids yeah, yeah. where yeah, yeah. most pro uh, athletes come from. So, again, well, do you think that formula is going to be like a oh uh, sales pitch, or do you think a long game is going to be 
we we discover there's actually people watching. Oh yeah, you're playing in that field and you're great. Come uh, oh. get him. I think uh, it's baby steps. I mean, guys, you know the the big uh, the big Kahuna is going to be in 2026 when the World Cup comes to town. Think about how big the World Cup was in 1994 when this was not a soccer country and no one gave a shit about the sport here. And then it just exploded and all of a sudden kids across America were like, oh, you know, before there's MLS, there's kids who wanted to be like Kobe Jones and Alexi Lawless and John Harks and Tony Miola with the cool hair. And, and back in the day when all the soccer stars had cool hair, but um, you have you're cool damn hair. right, idiots. I really like that you brought that up because, you know, it's hard to escape your culture. We live in America, right? What what's what do we worship in America? The almighty dollar. And mm -hmm. you see that impulse to just make money off of something. And that's how we, you know, that's how we tackle soccer in this country. How can we make money off it? MLS teams, wow, they're, they're almost worth a billion dollars, you know? Uh, you know, we measure, you know, we have these weird metrics and, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're getting better, and like I said, it's baby steps. The, the twenty twenty six World Cup is going to be so fucking huge. If we can oh, get yeah. to a semifinal, you're going to have like the wait, wait, wait. spark. Make it to a semifinal. We're going to win that. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> you haven't gone to sleep yet and seen Christian Pulisic raising the trophy? <laughs> the U.S. is going to win the 2026 World Cup. Oh, hold on. Um, hold on. Our uh, Mexican national team correspondent wants to say something over here. <laughs> He's afraid to admit that it, they have a better chance. Say it first. That we have a better chance. The U.S. has a better chance. Uh, of course. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. you <laughs> Mexican correspondent. <laughs> um, it's not gonna be Christian Pulisic, bro. Oh, Gio Reyna. No. Tyler Adams. <laughs> no. Uh, who else is the U.S. captain? Tim Weah. No. It's Tyler Adams. It's not gonna be the U.S. La Selecta. Let's fucking. Hold on. Go. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. If it was the U.S., who's going to be the captain? Who's going to lift it? Wait, what happened? If the U.S. won the World Cup, who's going to be the captain? Who's going to lift the trophy? Say, if the U.S. won the World Cup, so-and-so's going to lift the trophy. Tyler Adams. Say it, though. If, no, if, if the U.S. were to win the World Cup, <laughs> Tyler Adams would be the one lifting the trophy. Give me another nut. All right, uh... You, Chewy, you, can, you have enough to crop what he said ah. without. <laughs> nah, right? Ah, damn, you're a yeah, sucker, fool. I was going to talk, I was going to follow up on what Mike said. Yeah. Uh, because he was talking about how, like, uh, a lot of people were inspired by uh, World Cup 94 and how the, you know, not just the tournament, but how the U.S. did. Now, look at the guys that were on that team, the U.S. team. And I, I, I can speak on that because. Like I'm a big uh, U.S. soccer history buff, and a lot of those guys that were on that team uh, were guys that were inspired by the NASL in the 70s. Now, the crop of players that came together for that World Cup, there was uh, there was a there was a stark contrast between two different types of players that were on that team. There were, like Mike said, there was pay-to-play guys, guys that could afford to play uh, for big academies, like guys like Kobe Jones, Eric Winalda. Uh, Alexi Lalas. These are people that had the money to pay for big academies, and that's how they got their foot in the door with U.S. soccer uh, back in the day. And then you had the guys that came from the street. And I'm talking about the guys that came from Kearney, New York. I mean, New Jersey, I'm sorry. Guys like uh, Tony Mayola. Um, guys like um, 
my god, the other other all the boys from Carney from the boys from Jersey. They, they used to play street ball in in inside cages, uh, and um, and they 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 were so good that they were playing on traveling teams that go around and demolish all the teams in the area. That they were almost uh, impossible to ignore, and so um, eventually they were picked up by U.S. Soccer. So when they brought in the camp, you had guys that were very well to do, mixed with guys that were from like the hood, and it, it, it was it took a while for them to mesh, but they made it work. And in World Cup '94, a lot of these guys, yeah, you know, made it made it work, and I, they they became popular. But, you know, but that's the thing. The guys, the guys, the guys from New Jersey, they made, you know, they were so good that they were impossible to ignore. And if somehow uh, we were to get the attention of people from the inner city, right, I'm talking about, you know, black kids, you know, if you can, if you can get the attention uh, of, of a black kid who one day dreams to be playing in the NBA or the NFL, and, you know, it's really hard to make it in the NFL because they don't have guaranteed contracts. Number one, and number two, it's extremely hard to make it in the NBA because they have such small rosters. If a lot of these kids can be, you know, can grow up watching U.S. soccer or MLS, and they see it as, you know, something that which is not just, you know, a side sport or something that you do for AYSO, but something that could be viable in their life, maybe one day they'll choose to be like, hey, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go be a soccer player. Now, this is the last thing I'm gonna say about this. I have a friend uh, from way back in junior high, middle school, who pl- grew up playing American football. He he was a Georgia State Player of the Year. He ended up playing for Notre Dame, uh, but uh, he never really got a shot in the NFL. But here's what's got what's happening with him. He lives in Atlanta now, and he has two kids. They're they're the, they are in the Atlanta United uh, Academy, and one of them. His name is Ivory Covington. This kid is going to end up playing MLS soccer for Atlanta United. His and his younger brother is also really, really good. And I, when I asked my friend, like, you know, wow, that's interesting. You know, I, as long as I remember, you were always playing American football. What what happened? He's like, because he goes, I'm not the biggest guy. I'm not the fastest guy. But he goes, and I wish, I really wish I had soccer when I was growing up. I wish I had MLS because I would have done that instead of American football. And now I'm making sure my kids get the opportunity to do that because I think that they have the skill and the drive to do it. So... It could happen, folks. Yeah. yeah. If you want to hear more of that, you should have kept... Uh, <laughs> what is it? The Yanks? Yanks abroad. Oh, no, no, no. Return of the Yanks. The Return of the Yanks. Uh, I think we will have... Maybe well, you, in, you and Edgar will have. Yeah, maybe leading up to the World Cup, we'll yeah. come back. Because there's some should... truth to what he's saying. Uh, yeah. But back to the question that Eddie <laughs> had for my gray... Um, no, no, no. We're going to move forward a little bit. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. You guys want more controversy? More controversy, sir. And back Please. to the whole Jovan thing. Yes. So I have this crazy thought. Crazy thought. Crazy. You're crazy. crazy. Yeah. Right? Crazy. Uh, like your face. So remember, the whole Jovan thing was one sentence, right? Oh, Mike's wiping his face like he knows something. I feel like he does know something. You don't have to say it if you, you don't want to. If you're not allowed to, don't. Yeah. So, so many reports about a new signing, a record-breaking signing and everything. And this shit was literally like, uh, just came to me. And um, what if the Gabriel Peck deal fell through? Because they haven't announced them officially? Yeah. It's it's like it's so official. It's like very official, 
And uh, I don't know if he wants you to mention him, but good friend of the show, I won't say his name, pointed out something I didn't fucking realize uh, that Tom Borget, Baguette, Borget, whatever however you say his name, is a Galaxy Boomer. hater. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Boomer. And all of a sudden, it got quiet with the Galaxy. He decided to start reporting. Right? Uh, and that became a little suspicious once I. I noticed that it's almost it was like, haha, I'm gonna do it now. So it's not gonna happen, guys. Nah, I don't know about that. Don't don't be throwing uh, out it, that. It's controversy. Contro- it is controversy. It's not real. It's just but as the, we the say point, here. Just, the point that you're what's the saying here? Doing this controversy. Oh, it's saying? all it's all feelings, no facts. No. That's what we do here. But the point now is to try to hype up. The LA Galaxy community, not bring them down by saying, "Oh, I know, I know you know that, what? But no, this it still was fell through. It was like they sat down, they wrote shit down on a napkin. You can't sign on a napkin, you know. It it just says who. <laughs> says who? I'm just saying. You can sign on napkins. What if? What if? Um, obviously, you're not a napkin. That's an exaggeration. Yeah. But what if that was it? Like two agents and men together. Let's just say for whatever, uh, Jovan was our representative, and. This is all right. If MLS and Galaxy, no, actually Galaxy, because I don't follow MLS that closely. But in Galaxy history, in my opinion, this is the longest dragging, uh, finalized, almost done deal, and a big signing, and it's a record breaking deal. Yeah. I mean, did you guys forget about the whole Beckham thing? It, it no, didn't happen no, <laughs> you no, that doesn't count. That's Beckham. That doesn't count. Beckham is Beckham. Beckham, Beckham can take a year. Gabriel, yeah, Gabriel Peck is not Beckham. Yeah, nobody's Beckham. No, yeah. no, Let's no, be honest, no. nobody's Beckham. Cristiano is the closest to Beckham, but he's not even half of Beckham. No, Damn. no, no. I, I'm, I'm just gonna say, like, uh, when you when you go in and you spend all this money on this player from South America, and you want to take your time to make sure you dot all the eyes, and you you know you you. Make sure you got everything in place and you make sure that you get the hype machine going and get the videos and all the recordings and everything that you need so that when you bring them out, everything goes smooth. Remember, they have to figure out where he's going to live. They have to figure out, you know, how to move his family over if he wants to do that. All these other things that are happening behind the scenes. So all this stuff doesn't happen just overnight. Make sure his work visa is in there, everything. Right, Mike? That kind of all that stuff that happens behind the scenes. And then. Not only that, if they're gonna if they're gonna package this kid right, and because he's the biggest signing in Galaxy history, you want to make sure you 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 have you know a, a nice video package or whatever it is is gonna be to make sure that people understand that this is the next big thing. What do you think, Mike? I agree. Give me two seconds. I just want to confirm it. I'm looking it up. I do believe that uh, Baxter reported it three days. Oh, excuse me, ten. All right, he reported it four days ago that the deal was done. Um, Eddie, that was a rather, what's the word? Um, dude, that was a rather observant like thought process, but I'm not sure I can buy your well-crafted narrative as impressive as it was. Um, all right, you said behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, so four days ago, it was finalized. Uh, I tried talking to the Galaxy about something random midweek. Uh, they've been in Miami most of this week dealing with Media Day. And then you have the weekend. You're not going to announce Peck on a Saturday or a Sunday because who gives a shit, right? At the very least, you're going to wait until Monday. 
players reported for physicals on Saturday. Yeah, there's just a shitload of stuff going on. So I can see how um, maybe now if we if we could go another week and nothing's announced, something's fucking up. Yeah. That's for sure. But um, <laughs> Monday or Tuesday, I, w- I would expect either an announcement or just more whispers about like you know he's going to show up like a, in LA on Thursday or something like that. We'll, we'll hear more next week. And if we show up to a Lakers game or something like that. Oh yeah, that's the unofficial like you know <laughs> for oh, Well, it kind of isn't because you remember uh, oh, Caleb Porter. Porter was at a Gax, uh, Gaxi at a Laker game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and for the record, not. Mike, I hate Caleb Porter. I know you do. And you know what happened when he signed with Columbus? He got him a title. He did no. Uh, oh, uh, Mike, this is this is an argument. This is an though. argument that me and Brian have. I think. Okay. Greg Burhalter might not be well. It's hard because the Mexican coaches. He might be the greatest fit for U.S. soccer. Nope. But international coach is really difficult, right? But he's an amazing MLS coach. He handed Caleb Porter that title from Columbus. <laughs> yeah, he did. Right? Look, he's nodding. He did. Caleb Porter's a terrible coach. And he got handed two titles, basically. I think he did. Well, Caleb Porter. So handed, when Caleb Porter was rumored to the Galaxy, dude, I was like, "You're mad." We had to, re- you were we had to rebuild actually, the whole studio. Yeah, because <laughs> I was like, just destroyed everything. Like, if you look back, like a week before Caleb Porter was 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 supposedly signed to now, the studio looks different. Cause yeah, like, cause as soon as that shit, Eddie went to <laughs> to Hulk mode. Eddie smash. Yeah. yeah. No. So anyways, Caleb Porter, your ass. Fool. I just got a text. <laughs> I got fired from my new gig because I called Caleb Porter a wiener. <laughs> that's that's uh, too much respect from him. That's why they probably fired you. You and I, buddy. You and I. <laughs> yeah. Nah, Caleb Porter is, is trash. There's like those bounce around coaches. They got eyes and ears on me, man. You don't even know. <laughs> yeah, Caleb Porter is like your Jason Christ, like your already <laughs> Now, uh, I think Marsh is overrated now. Uh, Jesse Marsh is overrated, bro. I think so too. Yes, he is. One dimensional. Yeah. Good coach, one dimensional. That's what we need in the galaxy. That's what we. Oh, we already have one like that. Oh, yeah. all right, cool. <laughs> Yo, Vanny might prove himself to be. We can just throw that in right now. Yeah. Vanny might be proven to be yes. just one of those guys too because he had like Wiki in Toronto. He doesn't have like Wiki now. He has uh, Coons. Right. Yeah. He also had uh, Robin Fraser and uh, to help him up, and uh, Robin Fraser doesn't get the respect that he does uh, as far as building teams like that. He yeah. he certainly didn't get all the help he needed when he was in uh, Colorado. Yeah, well, Nobody we does. gave him Cabral. Yeah. That was all the help they needed. That was a solid until, Danny, man. Until Robin Frazier leaves, and the second he leaves, it's like now, now they have money all of a sudden. Yeah, now they're spending <laughs> something. Something. <laughs> something's. Uh, something's brewing over there. Nah. more than here. Yeah, I mean. It's not our Colorado podcast, but it'd be a better podcast if it was this week. Shout, out, shout out to my Matt Pollard. What yeah. up, bro? Yeah, cool guy. Nah, they're they're definitely yeah. cooking over there. Yeah. It's a it's a it's uh and you know what though? I love the league. We all love the league. Yeah, hell yeah. These last couple of weeks or this year so far, it's a good time to be a Colorado fan. Yeah. 
MLS fan in general. Uh, you know, the funny <laughs> thing with them is that mm-hmm. their season ended with their supporters having massive uh, uh, protests at the stadium. Remember, we were talking about that, and Matt was talking about that to us, and uh, it was a topic of discussion where like uh, other MLS supporters, you know, are gonna show visual or vocal support, you know, once the season begins in 2024. But Colorado has actually gone out and they opened up the wallet, you know, and who's the owner there? It's the same guy who owns the Rams <laughs> and uh, Arsenal. So maybe somebody reminded him, you know, that he owns a little team, you know, out in Commerce City, Colorado. There he's like, all right, all right, fine. You know, maybe they got him drunk and they had him, you know, sign a checkbook or something, you know, when he wasn't paying attention. Perfect timing. <laughs> get him drunk. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Let's get <laughs> Uncle Phil drunk. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> he he might die. Been in 10 years, buddy. Might as well start spending your money. <laughs> <laughs> you got two years? Damn. Seriously, dude. And, uh, and hey, you know what? Sorry. We keep going off track. Yeah. Because I, I liked this question last week. Spenny was an idiot because he, like, question marked it and I hope he's listening right now your thoughts Mike uh, I don't know if you're familiar with luxury tax in the NBA mm-hmm. how do you feel I about am. luxury tax in the MLS to add it oh yeah I mean I think that that would uh, man that's that's another interesting idea uh, I think I hate to answer, ask, answer a question with a question but like how do we get these cheap owners, like the half of the league that doesn't want to invest? How do we get these guys? Like, how how do we get them to to lift the floor of the league? Oh, okay. because no, I got I got an easy answer. So it's okay. like, all right, everyone's opinion. Who is the biggest star? The young, not Messi or Ronaldo. Who's the next big star? You would probably say Mbappe or, or Holland. Holland. Yeah. All right. You sign yeah. one of those, right? You pay the luxury tax, and you see the over on that luxury tax. Hey, the the fucking the the proof is in the pudding, right? The Lakers have done it. Uh, hey, but uh, are we forgetting one thing that MLS owns all the contracts, so the it, money stays in the league. That's why. But if you do luxury tax, you eliminate that, and they could take a small percentage or whatever, and it still pays out. Luxury but tax is going to be this whole other structure. That. No, but that's the thing about MLS, though. Like, the reason all these other small teams, like... Uh, well, actually, oh. no, hold on, hold on. So, yeah, that's fine. Where does the luxury tax go? To the league. Yeah, to that's build what it. That's what But that club makes what's not the luxury tax. So if Colorado, I guess, is the most struggling team, right? And the, yeah. They sign Mbappe or Holland. And let's say the luxury tax was like 10 mil. Yeah, imagine that. A year. You don't think they'll rake it in? Yeah, it's with sales. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, that team sees 50 mil a year increase on their jerseys and stuff. They're going to be like, all right, cool. We'll pay 10 mil. Euro. Yeah, that's that's a, what is it, a 400% that's what I'm saying. That's, profit? That's what I'm saying. Like, to me, luxury tax, and it doesn't come all the time. Like, it doesn't come every fucking 10 years. Like, that player is... It's, it's Look, special, right? So, and wherever he wants to live, you know, he chooses because you whoever pays the most. To me, I don't know. I like again. This question is for you, Mike. For me, luxury tax would be a dope ass thing to see in this league, cause, especially for soccer. Because I don't think the NBA needs it. You know what? 
I think I, I think I got a compromise. Right. I like the luxury tax, but you gotta raise the salary cap so yeah. that the cheap skate teams don't use the luxury tax as an incentive to just not spend money. I but if you can raise that. the salary cap, I like your idea, man. Yeah, I, I kind of fuck with that idea. That'd be cool. Hey, let's uh, hit up uh, Hold on. Here, here Dan Garber. Let's get, let's hey, get more, hold on. <laughs> Let, let's get more creative we were... then. And then we can all say yeah or name. All right. 3DPs and a luxury tax spot. Ooh, that, instead of the 4DP. Yeah. That's beautiful. I like that. <laughs> mm, I don't know, man. I, I'm still not sold on the whole luxury tax thing because the reason that a luxury tax exists in MLB and in the NBA is to try to to try to uh, discourage the teams that have more money from overspending and raising the bar for everybody else. What's the, so what's the what, what ends up happening? What ends up happening though is that that money goes down to the small teams like Minnesota, uh, the Minnesota Twins, for example, or a team like uh, the Oakland A's, right? Where they can go buy, they they can go and do the bare minimum to run their clubs and just be there. But if they really don't invest in their team, what ends up happening? They end up moving. Look at Oakland. The Oakland A's are moving because their owner was such a jerk. He didn't want to invest in the stadium or in the team at all. They have the lowest payroll in all of baseball, and now they're moving to Vegas because he wants to cash in. Um, And then you have, like, the Dodgers and the Yankees who are known for spending too much. You see, hold on. This is why I use basketball. Because baseball is a and terrible yeah. example. It and is. a terrible sport. Yeah. It, it's a <laughs> terrible example, right? No, because you, you know, Oakland A's, Oakland A's is a good one. That's a, actually a really good one. Moneyball. Where did, well, no, where did the, and that's actually too good too, Moneyball. All, mostly draft picks. You hate them. Where did the Warriors play before? Yeah. Oakland. Oakland. And then where did they move? Frisco. Well, yeah, Frisco. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, exactly. Spend the money, and it's there. The proof is in the pudding. Yeah, that's 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 the point. It's right there. You just pro- you proved it yourself. The Oakland A's fucking owner is going that way because the right? reason the reason the Warriors got what they are is because they were so bad for so long that they were able to get good draft picks, and they actually they actually stuck around and with the team they and move? they were able to build a championship move? team. How far did they? They move? were originally. Four titles. They were originally from San Francisco. Yeah, but how far did they move? Down the block. They just moved across the bay. Yeah. And winning winning works. So if you spend that money, it's right there. In MLS Colorado. This is definitely example. a subject we could visit, revisit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm not I think, sold on that. I'm not yeah. sold on the luxury tax at all. I mean, once. I, I just think that MLS is a closed system. MLB and the NBA have it because they don't have a closed system. It's it's like in Formula One. Who wins every time in Formula One? Three? It's the team that has the most money, the team that spends the most on drivers and technology, and they have the best cars. That's why you know they always win. The, the, the teams in Formula One they always win because they have the absolute best because they can spend the most money. If there was a luxury tax in Formula One, then whenever a team overspends on something, some of the you know that the the luxury tax money would go down to the teams at the bottom, and then they could afford to go and buy something better than what they could afford now. That's how that works. There's MLS, a salary cap it's a closed system. MLS is a closed system. The, the league owns everything. They own all the, you know, the, 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 the guys that we call owners, they're not real owners. They're investors. They, they're, they're caretakers for the team. They have to make sure that 
the stadium, you know, is up to par. They have to make sure that, you know, all the employees are getting paid. They have to make sure that they're doing enough to market the team and to make sure that it remains a viable source of income for the league. That's how that works. A That's why you guys say, you know, a luxury tax for, you know, for MLS, then owners would be like, why am I going to get penalized for, you know, doing a little more than this other guy over here does? And you're penalizing me for trying to make my team better? You know, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. Those F1 drivers have at least two DUIs in their record. <laughs> so. Jesus, you're just driving in circles. All right, you know what? That's actually uh, we can make a whole show about luxury tax. I know. We'll we'll revisit this yeah. this uh, subject. Maybe yeah, like we'll bring you back for the luxury tax argument. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's go to some rumors, right? Who's um, gonna invite myself back next week? Go see you guys now. <laughs> I hope you like it. No, we will. Uh, it's funny. We have a guy. Here that could be a little terrific old traffic old guy. Oh, traffic old guy. Yeah. yeah. On, on a fucking. Green Hill. tax F1 kind of thing. Anyways. Rumors, right? Some rumors. You tried. I tried. Uh, <laughs> Joseph Payne still. Yes. Canadian player. Yes. Uh, plays for Club Gank. Gank. Uh, Gank. He has a 8.5 or 8 million uh, release clause that ends next week, right? <sighs> he is a prolific right winger. His numbers are his numbers are impressive. Impressive. There's nothing like concrete that he'll come to the galaxy. And there's rumors as there's other European clubs. And my question I don't think he'll come here. <laughs> But I guess it was like, do you guys believe there's any chance that he'll come to the galaxy? Because for me, I do the eye test. I watch the YouTubes. <laughs> and yeah, I don't see why we're so like fortunate to have a player like that come here. And uh, You could have watched him today uh, against Cape Verde. Well, first, I, I got to say, first of all, Watching it on YouTube was a big pain in the ass because I could kind of watch like gun highlights and or like gang highlights and there would be these six minute videos and every single one of them was like from like a Ghana account that would just copy and paste like photos. So it would say like, oh, check out this awesome gold and you click on it, it's just photos. So that sucks. <laughs> uh, uh, no, uh, 17 goals, 11 assists last year for gank. So he's someone who can both create and uh, find the right pass for another player. Prolific, like you said, prolific right winger, speedy as hell. Uh, the release clause can be activated. So as of now, the only issue the Galaxy has is convincing him of the project and coming to personal terms. Uh, like I said, harder watch tape. He did average uh, 0.69 expected goals and assists a game. So he's a guy who's going to produce. And then... Potentially taking a dude who's a playmaking winger and then combining him with Gabriel Peck on the other side, who's uh, a goal scorer first, and man, that, that would that would really be uh, that would be electric, and uh, and the pressure would really be on Vanny because you know this was just my observation, but if you're the Galaxy and you're Will Coons heading to this offseason, 
for me, I thought a really big thing would be to get both DPs in this winter. I know conventional wisdom, like, or conventional logic in soccer is a thing, but sometimes, like, you know, we just kind of have to just question, like, common sense. I mean, like, th think about all the people who are saying, oh, you gotta wait, you gotta, you can only get one, and you gotta wait until the other, you know, you gotta get the other during the summer, and it's like, all right, just think about it logically. You have a player, you have them all season. Then you have a player, and you have them for half a season. Uh, which one, which option's the better option, right? And what we're learning under Will Kuntz is that when you take, when you have an office that's as efficient as the Galaxy are in 2023 and 2024 at finding and identifying talent, then you suddenly find yourself in a position where you don't need to wait until the summer because you're, you're, you know, you're already so good. You can find both DPs during the winter. And uh, yeah, I don't want to turn this segue into a whole Wilkins, you know, just appreciation. Oh, we're going to get it, Wilkins. But no, I mean, every single signing he's made has had a purpose, whether it's, it makes fiscal sense, whether you're filling a position of need. I mean, look at Miki Yamane. Um, Time league winner in the J League. He's highly regarded. Uh, 11 goals, 24 assists, and 133 appearances. So he's, you know, an attacking right back. Uh, and, you know, what's the one thing with the Galaxy? Uh, None of their players are available. Well, he's played at least 31 games in the last seven seasons. So this is a dude who's just going to be, you can pencil him in and he's just going to be available for every game. Uh, we can, you feel like a John McCarthy and Miguel Berry. Uh, these are two players who are going to fit snugly into the salary cap. Um, you know, Alex was talking about how uh, with the McCarthy, McCarthy signing about how uh, there was going to be a goalkeeper competition. I tend to think of it more as a goalkeeping plan because if everything goes to a plan, you're going to sign McCarthy dirt cheap. You're going to have uh, Jonathan Bond who's making three, four times what McCarthy's probably going to make. It. So the idea is use him as trade bait and then uh you know this is where i was talking about perception uh novak mikovic uh we're pretty high on him in la you know but if you listen to the national media they have questions they're like okay you got this guy who played a few g2 games played a few galaxy one games and all of a sudden he's your starter so yeah uh i think that the galaxy are super solid across the board but goalkeeper is the one position i, I might be a little worried about but Dude, we were on paint stuff, man. I, I can get us. I can go from like over here to all the way over here pretty quickly. But yeah, um, what do you guys think about the side? Hold on. Actually, first off, I have a new name for you. you better be uh -oh. cute. You ready? You better be cute. Oh, super. Ooh, I love Handsome. it. Man crush. You ready? Man crush style? Yeah. Oof. Yes. Brad Pitt, Moneyball over here. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Same hair. <laughs> oh, Brad Pitt wishes. I know, huh? He don't got hair like that. Interesting. I don't know, but it's a it, it, to me, Mike. It's a little optimistic, though, right? I feel to me, uh, they're they're um safe, they're safe signings. It's kind of um maybe because we live in the inner era, we're a little spoiled, jaded. However, you want to phrase it, it's just like I look, I can look it up, and it's yeah. You know, McCarthy's a good example. Like, he was a guy that saved the penalties to win LAFC. Their know? first one. Their first one. First one. Yeah. Oh, I like that. You may sell people <laughs> on that, but if we look further or deeper, it's kind of like, what else What else does yeah. he have to show? 
you know? No, you're absolutely right. Uh, McCarthy saved two penalties in MLS Cup to, to win it for LAFC. The dude who broke his leg comes back and takes a spot by the end of the year. What oh. does that tell you? It clearly tells you who the better keeper is. And I like McCarthy. Uh, his stats, the, his stats and Bond stats, the, the, they, they both have things they're good and they're bad at. Uh, they did not bring McCarthy in to be the starting keeper. He's just sort of a backup plan. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm I'm fully expecting that they're gonna move Bond. I do believe that Bond or Casaras, those are the two just sort of glaring. You know, the Galaxy get one buyout a year. Uh, Bond has trade value, and he's on a salary that's expensive. But if your team that suddenly has doesn't have a starting keeper anymore, that's a risk you might be willing to take, right? Yeah. Um, Kassaras, man, that's a really high salary for a dude who might not even be a starter. Uh, we're in a new era with Will Kuntz, a ruthless era, where if you don't fit in either in a position of need or in the salary cap, like say with McCarthy and Barry, they, I'm ho- I'm guessing McK- Barry's going to be signed for like 150 or something like that tops. That's just my guess. Well, actually, uh, um, sorry, i cut you off real quick. That would be a good testament to what uh, Kuntz could do. Right, he can move those bad salaries. Like, say we're at the Miami game and McCarthy's starting, and then whatever. I think we're gonna get killed because their preseason <laughs> is gonna be like, you know, longer than ours and more competitive. The traveling and everything. Like, they go. Uh, sorry, sorry for mocking you and you're listening to us, but it's like they're gonna fly here, they're gonna fly there. Yeah, they builds camaraderie. We don't even have a team. These guys are going to, like, sleep in the same hotel. They're going to fly on the same Spirit Airlines plane, you know, <laughs> for, like, a while. So they're going to build their camaraderie. And they're going to play midweek. They're going to kill us, I think, today. Well, let's not talk yeah. about the game. The right. Hold on. I know. But I'm just saying. So- that's just real quick. So I think they're going to kill us. In comparison to us, it's like, all right, let's see how McCarthy do, does. Let's see how... Berry. Yeah, let's see how Jalen and Yoshida do, right? So I think that will be a testament yeah, to what Coons can do. Yeah. You move those bod- bad contracts. You move Casares. You move Bond. Yeah. For your liking. For your liking. No, just look at the way the league is structured, right? That's It's money ball. This is what Coons was brought in for. Yeah. And, and you spent money where it's more important to spend money. And we... He's the numbers no, guys. We, so we, a good, uh, the, the best example is the Bond and uh, McCarthy contracts. Yeah. You know, and people hate when you talk about the rivals, but uh, Lores' contract is what, lower than Bond's, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 30, yeah. So figure that out. You have to move we, had, Tell me, hold on. Well, Tell me right now. If he didn't sign for, for Levas, would you take Lotus over Bond? No. No, 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 no. no. You wouldn't take Lotus over Bond? Yodis? Yodis, yeah. Even though. No, actually, here is pronounced Lotus because we don't like him. No. <laughs> nah, Yodis. No, Let him cry over there. <laughs> Chion, Yoda. Hey, uh, Edgar, isn't it Lotus? No, arguing over accents. Lotus. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, Lotus? Yodis. Educate whatever. yourselves. Never. <laughs> but tell me right now, you would not. 
they pay, what they paid to what we paid. What they paid, yes. Skill wise, e- either one, uh, coin flip. Override. To be honest, all right, zero dollars. You will take bond over Lotus. I'll take Klinsman over both. God damn it! <laughs> zero dollars. <laughs> Just answer the question. That's a tough one. Because I am not a. <laughs> what do you mean? The guy won a World Cup. Yeah. What else do you want? So did Handsome Giroud. He wasn't the main piece in that team. What yeah, I'll mean? take Giroud over Chicha. Oh, yeah. oh okay. shit. <laughs> Come on! Stop being dumb. Yes or no? Never. I'll be dumb forever. Ah, damn. <laughs> Lotus over Bond. Mexican correspondent. Oh my god. He said, like, yeah, if it's for free or at least the contract that he got, equal dollars. Yeah, it's zero. It is zero because it's equal dollars. Of course, you would take him. But my beef, not my beef. My thing with is, um, Lotus had, um, he's had a massive. Decline ever since he won the World Cup. Hey, fool. So it's like <laughs> Bond has no. No, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> no World <I>, Cup. <laughs> yeah, he won the World Cup. Hey, you know, fuck yeah. that goal. Why are we talking about that fucking Anyways, goalie? Because we're, we're talking about Moneyball. Moneyball yeah. doesn't exist. <laughs> yes. Go hey, ahead. you know, this is very interesting. We got to bring it up. Like, if you know the history between Will Koontz and Thornton, they've always had kind of a frenemy thing going on where like they they joined forces because they were both talented and they wanted to win a title but at the end of the day Kuntz you know again now he went from being the third dude to the GM like he he joined the galaxy he left LAFC and joined the galaxy because he wanted to get ahead he wanted to prove that he could run a team and you're seeing some very interesting results guys because I gotta tell you uh Danny Bonga that was when Will Kuntz was in town uh, ever since Will Kuntz... Oh, by the way, he was personally responsible for being Chiellini, so just so you know, the dude's good at what he does, man. Yep. But uh, when... Ever since uh, Will Kuntz left LAFC, uh, LAFC sightings have been kind of average, kind of yeah. underwhelming. I mean, uh, again, Buanga was signed when Will Kuntz was in town. Ever since Will Kuntz left, it's been a bunch of mediocre European signings, like uh, Cross Def, uh, freaking Mario Gonzalez didn't do shit. Uh, you know, um, they have the one winger, uh, but uh, <laughs> no, it's a steep A, Butte. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, for some reason, we've been talking Gatsby this whole time. We start talking about this, and like, of course, oh, that's all we do here. Matthias, no, no, fuck, I guys remember. Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, it it's interesting because, yeah, I I kind of like the the Lloris signing. I think that that signing was based off a of pedigree. You know, you see uh, Gareth Bale, you see uh, Cantlini show up. These guys have a fun time. They're talking about how great LA is. They're talking about how great the atmosphere is at games. Like, like the one thing LAFC, like, that I do think is impressive, well, they've done a lot of impressive things, but one of the things that I thought was impressive lately is that they, you know, they were the team that when they came into the league, they were signing Diego Rossi, they were signing these, like, young players, signing South Americans that they can move on, and that was impressive. And then they all of a sudden, you know, they used that pedigree to just bring in a bunch of older, experienced players who just have, like, maybe one or two seasons left them, and then... Bale's the one who ends up uh, doing that header in overtime, and then they win the title. Like that's kind of what put fuck you, Bale. And, and that's what put them over the edge. And then the other thing was that they 
instead of just being fancy all the time, they finally just doubled down on MLS veterans, bought an Eli Sanchez, brought in Kellen Acosta. All these guys made a big difference. But again, look what they did this year. They brought in Aaron Long on a max TAM contract. Was that oh, a yeah. good and idea? I, I, Not hated really. I hated Aaron Long too. I yeah, called that little word. I was like, no, fuck this. Why do we hate certain players so much? I don't even I don't know. Like, no, 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 no. Like, this this a, we do know. I, I use Jordan Morris, man. I hate him. I don't even know why. But it's I a stupid, no, no, it's no, stupid no. faces, bro. No, you style. hate stupid faces. Style of play. I do. Again, I hate we, your stupid face. We, no. we, we talked about earlier if Brian. Everyone here has a beautiful face. We're not doing that. <laughs> if Brian was, was more disciplined, he'd be a pro. And if I was, I'd be USL. That's all we had. We know. We know what it takes. The outdoor theory. Yeah. We played an outdoor player when me and uh, Brian were like in our early 20s. 30s. Early 20s. Late the 20s. Peace ass player. Late though. 20s. Dude, outdoor was way younger. So oh, yeah. late 20s, we played this guy that we thought was outdoor. He was built. We played him another. It might have been him. And <laughs> this is why we're so critical that we played indoor like a five on five. I'm like, damn. He was really good though. He was killing everybody. Sorry, Except this is a side us. story. <laughs> Except us. This is a, yeah, this is a side story. The guy was like fucking buffed and killing every team. The Univision Cup. Shout out to Univision. Come back and host the Cups. 50 grand. I am. That we didn't win. Anyways, so... It might not seem like it now. If I have long legs and I was very pacey. So like, <laughs> you and Brighton have to d- defend this guy. Alright. Dude. Destroyed that. He guy. was a cloud. Yeah, he was a cloud. Destroyed him. Like, <laughs> yeah, that guy. We, that guy probably is like still thinks about us. <laughs> so to what what Mike was saying, uh, with all the LAFC thing that they did great, we have the guy now that made that team be relevant even in our city. You know what I mean? So now we have that guy on our side. Uh, it's a great addition to what. The LA Galaxy used to be, which was, for the past decade, a stench of loser. We already had the wooden spoon. We missed playoffs a bunch of times. And we've gone through quite some coaches. We've gone through a lot of coaches. Um, And now we're in a very hopeful spot where I think LA Galaxy fans in general need to take the time to be patient because this upcoming season Coons is not going to hit a home run meaning meaning in the factor that we make playoffs and make a deep run we're not going to do that player for player though peck will be a home run it's yet to see but who the fuck was bawanga when Coons brought him to lafc we didn't know about that matter and then he came over here destroyed the league it could be the same thing with peck it could be the same thing if the Ghanaian player rumor is true. Or the other rumor with, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Gabriel Rukavnika. Oh, yeah. Kuravna? The, how do you say it? Kuravna? Kuravna? I'm, I'm horrible at pronunciation. Gabriel oh, Rukavina. The, um, the, the serving kid? Yes. And, and uh, then, see, I, those type of rumors is the type that I want. Young players who could come here. And just tear the league. Whether we sign them or not, the fact that there's rumors of those type of caliber players linked to us makes me hopeful that Coons is actually picking up the phone, speaking in Russian, and be like, hey, fool, give me your <laughs> Russian player or your whatever Croatian player. Bring him here. 
or goes calls Brazil and be like, "Hey, give me your your best wingers or whatever it is." If it were me, Chef Coons would... is is in there cooking, bro. He got the veggies ready already no, on the side. No, no. He got the he, he he's he, he's heating the the that oven, preheating the right oven. Now, he's shining the silverware, bro. He's not even a fucking yeah. He's not even a cook right now. Well, hey, he's doing something, and it's more. You guys, are, you guys have already killed the the Kuntz's cooking thing. I've heard it like so many times. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is. Kuntz is cooking. Like, is he though? You need another man. Like, Kuntz is balling or kicking ass or dunking on fools or cooking <laughs> <laughs> serving. Nah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys remember Tito Vialba from Atlanta? Yes. All right. If if I was just football manager, I, w- I would sign him up, and then I would get Roman Alessandrini, Mister Beautiful French Face. He's all. He's only. He's market value is a hundred thousand. Let's bring him in for uh, squad depth. Come on, we can do it, can't we? He can contribute. Come on, just a thousand minutes. Anybody? 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 I just a thousand minutes. That's hold on. Thousand. Was like fourteen hundred for the season. Mm-hmm. We're talking about like seventy percent. No, fuck no. You cannot. <laughs> that's that's no. Anyway, um, how about we do some questions? We, we were gonna All do right. the Miami ticket situation, but I think we'll probably hit that topic closer to the to the main event for a season over, just because of what it is. The yeah, greatest man. footballer ever is coming to LA. So once it gets Sano's closer, coming? what the fuck? Who's coming? Jossie Sardis, you fucking what the fuck? At right back, greatest right back ever, baby. Oh yeah, <laughs> eat it, eat it, Chippie. See, look at even my gray left when I my said that. Gray left. Wah, 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 wah. Okay, <laughs> he did it. <laughs> you were saying Chewie. My phone, sir, so I can read these questions. Oh yeah, you can have your phone. Once you get it, hey Mike, welcome back. <laughs> All right, so let's get into some of these questions. Um, what is that? Put it on my IPA weekend voila, vibes. Voila. Oh, yeah, weekend vibes. All right, <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me, I'm gonna start off with a question that we have for uh, our guest. Okay. Mr. Mike Gray. <laughs> Thoughts <laughs> on the current state of the galaxy with the new potential signing and Will Coonson's charge. Do you feel the LA Galaxy are finally catching up to MLS 4.0 or whatever it is right now? Well, to be a successful organization, uh, I mean, first of all, uh, this isn't the MLS of... Uh, previous generations there's going to be 30 teams in the league after san diego wins and only one of those teams can win an mls cup which is why it was so fucking annoying when they tried to take away the open cup because there aren't a whole lot of trophies for us to win or for mls teams and so um well we talked about will Kuntz. yeah uh as far as the gm position is concerned which by the way didn't exist until maybe like six months ago or something uh that part's covered. Uh, I do believe that over time, uh, everything that he's doing is going to bear fruit. Uh, I agree with Eddie that 
maybe with the exception of uh, Yamane, that there hasn't been like any sort of great, you know, it's it's been average. Uh, but I feel like what what he's doing right now is a lot of the dirty work, getting rid of the bad contracts, bringing in Barry and McCarthy for what in theory should be not a lot of money. Uh, that part I'm fine with. The part that I'm worried about is Greg Vanny. Uh, there, are, there are some questions and some concerns. Uh, is this a guy that can evolve from the 4-3-3 formation? Because uh, I'm telling you right now, if you have Gabriel Peck on one side and then Pencil or, you know, some other signing, uh, and you you know, that's going to be a different type of 4-3-3. There's going to be have to be some sort of uh, adjustments. I mean, for me personally, if you're going to have two uh, – if you're going to have two just wingers who are just dynamic, one's just a sprinter and the other's a dude who can, you know, uh, who's got a bag of tricks and can make his way past people – you know, how do you adjust to 433? Do you have a deeper line of confrontation so that way, you know, when there's a turnover, you can take advantage of it? Uh, I want to see that Vanny isn't one dimensional and that he can actually, you know, <laughs> for me, this season, more than anything else, is going to be about Vanny's coaching acumen. Oh. Is he a guy who's just going to be, he's going to, be like a strict like you know stick to his philosophy and we're gonna win that way or is there or is he gonna like you know i want to get to the end of the season and not have to second guess anything yeah. i, I want to agree with Here, this show the horns. here's one thing i said right he said uh what'd you say uh vanny like the his if he can do this and that i said that we're not gonna make the playoffs that's gonna be terrible why the clash of heads between him and the it front comes. offense I'm already not a big Fanny Vanny fan. Van. Fine? Fan. I'm not a big Vanny fan. Uh but strictly football reasons. I know what he means to the club, uh as a legend, but what he's done granted, uh last season he had an injury ridden roster. Granted. But the other two seasons before, it was a big struggle. Now, I don't know if it was because he couldn't bring in the players that he wanted. But now that he has a new front office, is he going to bring in the players that he wants? I think from the beginning of the season, from that first game against Miami, he's in a hot seat already. He's probably on thin ice with, with Koons. And like we said earlier, with the Karofsky thing, it came out of nowhere. It could be one of those things with Vanny where Koons is probably just tired of his shit because Koons wants to be successful here with the LA Galaxy. And if he sees... Something in the first five games that he doesn't like, he could probably just let him go. Yeah. By the way, if we had a hundred dollars, Mike will reveal the new uh, kit. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's get back to these questions. Um, literally, nobody. I'm looking at it right now. Ooh. Oh, he's looking Hello. at it now. No. The new kits. Are they sexy? Uh, he can't tell I, I, you. Oh, he can't tell you. Damn that it. was hacked. This isn't me. This is an AI version of Mike Gray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's get to these questions. Um, on Instagram, AdamDC25, who is the starting goalkeeper for the 2024 season and the two starting center backs? Oof. I think the center backs are easy. Yeah, I think center so backs too. are easy. 
Tell everybody, um, hold on, hold on, let's see if we agree. Real quick, just say the names. It's not Rafa Marquez, bro. Yo, guys, it's a little sicko. Actually, like, it is easy, right? Kind of. But, could have yeah. stirred it. and Neil, what you mean? <laughs> Stupid. Oh, actually, thing. that would be amazing because those are cheap domestics. Uh, but if I could stir it, it would be Castellano, uh, mm-hmm. right? It's a. Uh... Oh, oh man! Actually, that's not bad either. You can Casares go always because uh, Moneyball, because you make money off Neil. If you can move Neil, I don't think Neil goes cheap. I don't think he is like. Uh... Hey, no, his his salary is like dirt though. You don't want to get rid of him. Like that's why I was saying. Yeah, no, so what the... can you make off him too? Though? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, especially now that, like, if you... It used to be that you could transfer players abroad and you didn't get shit, but now you, you get a lot of games, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, it's... The price is right. So. Right? Uh, no. Uh, oh, well, well, what's the hard one? Rephrase the question. Starting goalkeeper. <laughs> uh, the goalkeeper. Starting goalkeeper. Is it Bond or is it Mikovic? Let's keep it real. Bond or Mikovic. McCarthy's going to compete, but... Unless he's that much better than those two, he's not getting started, bro. So it's either Mikovic or Bond. I'm already tired of Bond. And we see what Mikovic could do in the least cup. It's a small sample. It's gonna be have to it's gonna have to be a gumbo if if you put him as a starter. I, I still think it's gonna be Bond. They're not just gonna like develop him out of nowhere. They're gonna have to bleed you know, he's gonna they're gonna have to bleed him into or, that's a What's the expression for like when um, you know he's gonna he's gonna need game time to develop? Think of Omar Gonzalez from back in the day. Like mm-hmm. he's gonna need that year of just development and making mistakes and just growing with his like mistakes and just learning how to become a professional. Like, but that doesn't happen until he gets starts. I think preseason is gonna determine between Bond or make a bit who the starter is. But you, you guys gotta keep in mind that. At least in my percent, from from my eyes, that bonds trade bait. So they have to keep a rotation where I think McCarthy's like a good locker room guy. He's not a guy that you need to give minutes. He's just going to be happy that he's there. It's you're going to have Mikovic who what was wasn't it a million dollars to uh, you know yeah. the, for the transfer fee or something? They are bringing him here, out, right? <laughs> the, the you know the the goal is get that guy as your starter. So for me, the preseason, if they if they make the calculation that they can get him through the season and you know live Why'd with the mistakes. I just thought about the perfect title. What do you want in the Galaxy Trade Factory? <laughs> we took we took we took internationals and we like the Willy Wonka in the trade factory in the trade factory. What you think? <laughs> it's like a good show. That was a good book. <laughs> Are you okay? There's a there yeah, was a book. Yeah. Next question. You're so cold. You're so cultured, man. <laughs> I mean, there was a go. book. Here we go. Next question. Logan Jones. And this is, I think, a rumor that um, Corner of the Galaxy already shut down. Would you guys be mad if we sign Carlos Vela yes. on a TAM contract? <laughs> mm. that, could that, be like the ulti- yeah, that could that. be like the ultimate Ronaldo 
leaving Barcelona to go to Real Madrid or Ronaldo going to or Luis Figo uh, from uh, Milan to Inter type shit. Would there be? Well, well I mean, we kind of have one already with Landon Donovan from San Jose to to the LA Galaxy. Yeah. So we don't need another one. Yeah, but Donovan was uh, he he went to go play overseas before coming back to Galaxy. So it wasn't like a direct thing. It'd be really odd. It'd be. I mean, it's not like Vela was going out of his way to insult Galaxy or the other Galaxy fans. He's you know he's a very quiet guy, right? I mean, he would say stuff here and there, but for the most part, he was just very quiet, just do his job. And you know, it was weird to see him and Chicharito together because they're so different, right? Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't. Obviously, that not gonna happen. But it, that'd be really odd. It'd be really weird. And it wouldn't sit right with fans from either team either. People on one side would be like, you traitor. And then people from the other side was like, we don't want you. <laughs> uh, that wouldn't make anybody happy. What do you think? It feels, like, it feels like Vail is at a point in his career where he's going to do what's best for him and his family rather than some sort of this sporting decision, right? So... Going to the Galaxy would be one of those, like, you know, I, I really want to play one more season and I'll just go wherever I, they want me or whatever. And I, I don't think Vale is that desperate to just go to the Galaxy. Uh, tell you what, I, I did kind of have a little bit of belief in the idea that he might go to New York, okay. uh, NYCFC. Not necessarily because of any, again, like because of a sporting thing, but because, hey, you know, it'd be cool to live in New York with his family and move over there and like, to go there for like a year or two, like close out his career, like in another big American city and stuff. Um, I think that he's just—it's a mystery. If you had asked me at the beginning, I, I would have said that they would eventually figure out a way to bring him back. Uh, a few days ago, he removed the LAFC uh, hashtag or whatever from his uh, Instagram handle. So, I mean. I, I, I'm a social media guy, so I was like, uh-oh, something's up there. but Or maybe it's nothing. But, I mean, for me, um, who knows? LAFC's offseason has been kind of a mystery. Uh, hmm. Usually we would have heard by now about one or two really juicy signings from them. And this goes back to what I was saying. Will Koontz leaves all of a sudden that magic that LAFC had in the transfer market where they were just hitting on every signing and everyone in the world wanted to play from not happening, so we'll see about that. But Bela, I'm gonna be honest, like I didn't even really think about it enough to like be serious. I mean, come on, dude. Like plus uh, it, it was the reporter who mentioned it, like like I don't know. I'm like I'm like this is bullshit. Come on, who can believe this? That, that was just my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Mexican correspondent. Here's how I see it. Um maybe if this was like a couple years ago where supposedly he was in his prime, then I would probably would have said yes. But the way I see Vela is he hasn't really been that top player he's he was a couple years ago. So at that point, we're just getting... I think to me, we're just getting uh, Vela who just doesn't... I mean, he, he doesn't really care about the sport overall. We We know this. He doesn't even like the sport. But I think we're just getting a Vela who just doesn't give a shit about about the game. He just gives up. I feel like if he were to come here, he wouldn't really do anything. That's how I see it. 
Well, I guess I'm glad that the rumor is shut down <laughs> by the all great Court of the Galaxy. Shout out. Yeah, he said that there was no heat to that. But imagine if he was here, though. Nah, nah. Let's, let's not. Let, yeah, let's not. Let's not. Let's not do that. Let's not, let's do, not that. do that. Anyway, I don't want to. <laughs> let's get to this next question. Uh, where was it? All right. Um, I won't ask that, but I'll show you it. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, take the wheel, sixty-four. When do you think we'll get a tell-all book about the Klein era? <laughs> and what would you title it? Oh, we titled it? We'll do that. Um, I like the title. Oh, I got this. Easy for me. That's a good one. What? This is easy. Ready? And then whoever wants to go next, raise your hand right now. Nobody's ready. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Incline. Ooh. What about from That's incline so to decline? Nobody? <laughs> from incline to decline. It's not even clever. Incline. What do you mean? And you put dumbbells on that shit. That'd be tight. That'd be the dumbass fucking cover. That's not. You don't know shit, fam. You've never written a book. <laughs> I I don't read, fam. I've written six, and I've never read either. <laughs> I like Pokemon, all right? That's the most reading I do. They don't even write comics or anything. That's how much I read. Fair. So for <laughs> mine is Incline. Edgar, what you got? The name of a book. Uh, I don't know. My brain is fried at this point. <laughs> I think that's a good title. I mean, <laughs> my brain is fried I, at this point. <laughs> a good title, go. Edgar. <laughs> what you think, uh, Mike? I'm trying to take Klein's name and stick it in Klondike Bar and come up with something clever and original. And I'm just fucking <laughs> brain fried, man. Like, you guys took the good ones. I had decline. <laughs> yeah. You said Klondike. Incline. What about Don Klein? I said incline. Oh, whatever. Because <laughs> incline See? implements your right hard. That's hard as well. Klondike, Don Klein. Decline is too easy. That's sexy off him. Whatever. Like, if this guy was a bad manager and he wrote a book or bad, where the fuck he was, and wrote a book called Incline, he'd be like, oh, I got to read this. (laughs) Why? From Incline to Decline. What about Calvin Klein? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that. How the fuck you know? (laughs) Welcome to News Across the Galaxy where we talk all shit about Klein. No. Oh. Not Calvin Klein. The Calvin Klein. That's good. Or my book would be CK One Win. Ooh. CK One. Hey, come on. Most clever. All right. There is one, two, three, four night boys on here. Okay. The best uh, title gets a beer from each one. Each one of us in the stadium. Right now? No, in the stadium for the home. No, opener. I'm saying you take, think of the name right now. Yeah. That I'm, I'm fried. Sorry. What? You heard me. He's fried. You're I'm fried. fried. I'm Klein. What? <laughs> what? I don't know what you're saying, dude, to be honest. No, so the best comment 
right now for That's... the book. Gets a beer for each one of us at the home. We just home gave our whole arsenal of names. That's why. If someone comes up with one that we think is better, we each buy them a beer. Me, you, Chewy, and Edgar buy him a beer at the home opener. Buy Mike a beer. Oh, Mike. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, credit right. card. We're buying you a beer, sir. Sorry, Brian. That's awesome. four beers. Anyways. Next question. <laughs> next question. From Tony. Well, for your parking. <laughs> From Tony B underscore A underscore N. Tony Ben. That the guy told me to cut my hair. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Is Vanny extension dependent on the end of the season or Coons hiring a new coach for 25? I think we've mentioned that earlier, that he's probably on a short. Well, I don't want to say short leash because that sounds very disrespectful, but he's on a hot seat where if they are clashing heads at the beginning of the season with how the game is going, especially against a team in Inter Miami where they have World Cup winning players. And Suarez. And Suarez. I think that's where they're going to measure the stick. And five games in, if you're not producing anything, I think there's going to be some talks about let's hire a new coach. The 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 bad side of that is what coach do you bring in? So that's why I don't, I don't see Vanny yeah, leaving. It's an MLS so. coach. Like, who can you bring in? And that's what we argue when we wanted Vanny out. It's like, all right, who are you going to bring in? Yeah. Uh, Edgar, what you guys think? Uh, I feel like uh, just like the end village, I feel like uh, the jury's out as far as client is concerned because a year ago we were talking about how the team was saddled with uh, the sanctions and the shadow of uh, the protest and uh, then as the season progressed and it seems like they were finally getting things together there were all these injuries right so in the end, like you know, what kind of grade do you give Klein? I mean, not Klein, not Vanny. Um, you really can't really grade, you know, his performance because um, they have so many injuries. I think that, that that made it difficult because I felt like it, they had something going, and then all the people got hurt, and in the end, they just ran out of warm bodies to put, you know, on the field. So, but this time around, it's different. This time, the players have time to get healthy. Uh, he has Will Coons, you know, trying to put together a competent roster that can compete in the West and maybe even challenge for an MLS Cup or even a U.S. Open Cup. Um, and if at the beginning of the season he actually has all these good players, all these great tools at his disposal, and he's not able to figure out how to make them work together by the middle of the season, I think that he might he might be gone. And at that point, then the season becomes like, uh, you know, damage control, trying to figure out how to fix things and, you know, keep things together and maybe somehow scrape a way to get into the playoffs and then have to restart all over again. But this time, you know, Will Coons will have more of more control of how to, you know, build a team together and go out and find a manager that will fit in with that system and go from there. But yeah, I feel like 
like I said, I mentioned Dion Jovalich also. I mean, Dion Jovalich has to prove, you know, he's the man. Unless Galaxy somehow, I don't know, brings in some kind of striker, um, you know, to put up there. Dion's got to be the man. And if he can't, he couldn't do it last year. If he can't do it this year, if he has, you know, a competent wing or impact. What if Mbappe came in? If Mbappe comes in, bye-bye, Dion. I mean, that's a whole, that's a different yeah, I mean, I, I keep, I mean, I mean, I keep harping on, you know, I would love to have the, I mean, uh, Mbappe come into this club. Uh, I, I hope that uh, they make a big splash. But uh, yeah, I definitely think uh, Fanny is obviously on the hot seat. Obviously, is a big, uh, there's, there's a big magnifying glass over him this season. This is it. He has to put up or shut up, man. Yeah, uh, Mike. Same question: Is Fanny's job dependent on last season? Or is Coons hiring a new coach for 25? Well, look at the story of Will Pernetzi. Montreal was so good in 2022. They get to the Western, excuse me, Eastern Conference semifinals, and then they just blow it. They, you know, they get killed three to one. Uh, you know, they, they were the dominant team, but NYCFC was just ruthless when they had their chances. He gets plucked by the Columbus crew because they're so goddamn impressed by what he did with Montreal. Uh, Columbus goes the whole season impressing everybody, and then they win MLS Cup. Uh, the point is that if you put out a product that's a certain uh, way, then you're going to occur. You, you know, it's so tough when it comes to results, but I do think that this year Vanny has to prove that he can turn the Galaxy into an elite club. That that for me is the the baseline for him to keep his job and. Uh, I do think that he's in a position where he's at a – it's his fourth season at the club. He's got an ambitious GM who is ruthless and wants success at any cost. Yeah, uh, they have to perform like an elite club. If they don't, then I'm not sure that he keeps his job next year because, uh, you know, one thing that we, the reporters, talk a lot about Vanny is that he's very open. He, he's a generally good dude, but he's very open. He doesn't bullshit. Like, you know, Bruce, you could ask him, like, you know, what color is the sky? And he, he'd be like, I'm not telling you. You know, he just, <laughs> he's always just like, yep. he was like, he had this like wall and he had this front about him. Whereas with Vanny, I know Josh has had several talks of him that, are, you know, are like hours long. And so, like, you know, that bought him a lot of rope with the reporters because, you know, even when there were failures, he could at least explain and make it make sense and it would be very intelligent. And you could sort of see, like, how the sausage was made. But, again, going back to Vanny, he's got some flaws he's got to work on. Uh, the Galaxy have been absolutely dog shit in rest defense, uh, in transition. They, they, they can't defend to say they gave up the most goals in the league last year. Think about that. Think about the fact that the Galaxy spent most of the season in 13th place out of 14 teams. <laughs> yeah. Think about the fact that every team in the league has injuries and every team in the league has death issues. And for several years now, the Galaxy have been in a position where you could argue how they're making the most out of their talent. Is Vanny... Is Vanny being a coach or is he being an ideologue? And so, yeah, um, if we get to the end of the season, we're like, okay, this team is good. Like, no questions asked. I think that that's a situation where he keeps his job. Because I don't want to put everything on results. The Galaxy could be awesome and then just blow it, which 
you know, look at LAC. They blew three titles. And I want to tell them that their team sucked last year. I don't think so, right? No, yeah. But if Vanny doesn't, uh, even though they blew it, but if Vanny doesn't pull it off uh, and he doesn't turn this team into an elite unit, I mean, you got Ricky Pooge. You, you, the Galaxy are going to have a club record transfer to bring in Gabriel Peck. No more excuses. No more excuses. Yeah, yeah and that was my next question. What was the threshold that you give them? And it sounds like you're going to give them the whole season. Yeah. Um, going back to, you know, Vanny, Vanny was the guy that was on the record of saying, Hey, you know, you're bringing a DP during the summer, you know, whatever you're really thinking about next year, uh, bringing in both DPs ahead of time is going to be a huge advantage for Vanny because Vanny's teams play this heavy possession style. It's let, you know, when you play these like very, pretty aesthetic styles, you know, you got to have more time on the ball. Like I've noticed like traditionally Vanny's teams have always gotten off to really slow starts. Yet it's always a matter of catch up. I mean, like, unless I'm like blanking here, Galaxy missed the playoffs two of the last three seasons. What happens if Ricky Pooge and Gaston Brugman don't show up in the summer? Do they make the playoffs? No. So there's a lot of pressure on Vanny to prove that he can actually turn this team into an elite unit. And I think that if they don't pass the eye test for 20, that's going to be for me is the eye test. Like by the end of the season, we're either going to say this is a, an elite club or we're going to say what if. And if there are any what ifs, I think that's where Koontz is already looking ahead. Because, I mean, after 2026, who knows what kind of positions might be available. Maybe he swings for the fences and goes for some sort of fancy signing like whether it's a U.S.-based manager abroad like, you know, Jesse Marsh, or he goes for, you know, again, swings for fences, goes for some international coach or something, you know. So um, I, I, I know like it's, Mourinho? It's, it's, a difficult, it's a difficult question to answer, <laughs> but, yeah, because, you know, I don't want to do it on results. But, yeah. uh, you know what? Screw it. Um, poor place in the, the Western Conference. Fourth place. That's a good thing. That's not bad. Yeah, fourth. that's not. That actually is really good considering yeah, that that's we're not bad. nine. <laughs> uh, within ninth, you can make it to the playoffs or yeah. wild card. That's, that's <laughs> not bad at all. Last home question. Field, home field. Home Last field. Question. There we go. <laughs> Last question. Uh, from Rambling Runoff. Uh, shout out to Robert Rios. Has his. That's his podcast. He's a long time listener. Uh, he does just random sports. Uh, podcast and you guys should follow him um he asked what is your opinion on the status of modern media slash journalism i.e journalism podcast news videos may i man i can go i go first my, my best analogy is uh basket robbins in our day 31 favors whatever you like yeah, pick yours. Yeah. That's uh, it. Plain and simple. Yeah. Edgar? No, I'll let Mike go because, like, I think I'm going to be very negative about it. I, I want to hit him to be positive. I go ahead, uh, Mike. Positive. No, <laughs> Edgar, come on. I, I want to hear it, man. Let's, let's, let's hear the negativity. You, you're not offending me. Yeah, let, they, might, they might contradict you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean, I, I, mean I, I got my degree in English and uh language and literature and uh, I was a journalist since 1997. I covered MLS, US soccer, uh, NASCAR. I've covered a lot of sports. I, I, I used to cover concerts and do stories for my school newspaper. I won awards and all this stuff. 
So I worked really hard. I got an internship at, for the Wichita Eagle in Kansas. I was a correspondent for my fraternity in Virginia. Uh, I wrote for the LA Times. I wrote for Yanks Abroad. I wrote for those different magazines. And now I'm a technical writer. I'm no longer a, you know, quote unquote journalist. I'm a technical hey, well, you're writer. You're still so on closest, Nag, asshole. Well, I was going to say, the closest I come to journalism <laughs> is what I do here with Nag. Closest I mean, I, I wrote for Yanks that? Abroad. I mean, it is it's true. I mean, I've told you guys repeatedly, and I always tell other podcasters, you know, that we work with that, you know, we are journalists, you know, whether you guys believe it or not, you know, even if you don't, you know, you don't get paid to be a journalist, you are a journalist, you're, you're chronicling what happens in this league and, you know, it, it's being recorded. So years from now, when people look at what you, what we say, what we do, they're going to look back on this and be like, this is a chronicle of what's going on in major league soccer. You know, this is, this is history. We're, you know, we're the ones writing the history for it. Now, as far as journalism is concerned, I feel journalism died on 9-11. I feel like after that, uh, it became, there's a lot of yellow journalism out there. I feel like a lot of people poisoned the well. We saw a lot of that, uh, you know, during the, the time of the Trump presidency, um, because uh, there's a lot of, uh, here's, you know, he said that, he, she said that, and uh, I could go down that rabbit hole, and a lot of people will probably get upset because I've, they'll, they'll feel like, you know, how dare you, you know, Fox News is, you know, is a, a, a credible source, when actually it's not, it's been, you know, described as entertainment TV more than anything. Um, the only place I get my news where I really, really believe it is AP, AP News. If you want to get news, you know, you want to, you know, get the, you know, just the straight up facts, go to AP News. Don't go to CNN. Don't go to Fox News. Go to AP News. Maybe NPR, but that has like a little, you know, off to the left. As far as sports journalism is concerned, um, Sports journalism, I feel like anybody who can get a mic and a camera uh, gets the opportunity to be a journalist. The really good ones are the ones that really last and, you know, and, and invest the time into it and earn the respect of their peers and work hard at what they're doing. Um, that's why guys like Mike and guys like Matt Pollard, we just spoke about him in Colorado, guys like the, you know, even newcomers like JT and Lee with the Charlotte, you know, City Fan TV. Do you see people that are putting in, you know, the, the time to work hard and, and make it something that's credible because they're not out there just to get, you know, into the stadium with a press pass and enjoy the spread and then, you know, not do anything with what the opportunity. They're actually working hard to report on what they see and what they do. And not only that, if we have an opportunity to do this or at, at an organic level, right, grassroots level where we're not paid by the team, you know, to sugarcoat things or to, you know, come off as in a very corporate angle. We're actually speaking from our soul, from our hearts, because we love the sport and we love the teams that we cover. So it's an opportunity for us to do this, but it's very easy to go out there and find something that you think, uh, you know, it's shiny and pretty and, and sings to you, but it's okay to go and listen to somebody that doesn't agree with you. And as long as it's an educated and respectable source, and you'll know who it is, right? Because, you know, we like to joke here on, on Nag, all feelings, no facts. But at the heart of it, there are some facts. You know, there, there is some information that we're, that we're sharing with people. We're, we're, we're out here, you know, educating not, not, not only ourselves, but, you know, the listeners. And we're learning from them as well because it's a dialogue. But... That's just the way I feel about it. I feel like 
uh, you know, we're, we're, we're measured by the, you know, the kind of coverage that we provide and the kind of coverage that, you know, we, you know, we're able to, you know, entertain, right. Entertain and also provide coverage at the same time. And that's, it's a fine line to walk. Um, maybe I digress a little, but that's, that's, I feel like that's important to do and to remain respectable and a credible source for, uh, listeners and for viewers alike. Mike. Oh. That's quite a speech, Edgar. I don't know if I'll be able to follow that up adequately, but I can try. Uh, it's a little depressing. Like, like let's just talk about like soccer and like American soccer and everything. Um, yeah, like six months ago, I had a job. Uh, Alex Reese had a job. Andy Diosa uh, had a job. We're all like, <laughs> you know, none of us have jobs anymore, and it's because. Um, you know, we can talk about the striker. I, I, I'm so I'm so proud of the work that me and Alex and everyone and Phil and everyone at the striker did. Um, we don't feel that the site going on hiatus and being shut down was a reflection of our work. It was more a reflection of the business model and uh, individual mistakes. And you know, we can talk about that. You know, that's kind of boring, whatever. But um. Yeah, uh, if you're passionate about the sport, you'll you'll find a way to, to land on your feet and just keep going, you know? Um, for me personally, uh, I've always had a very interesting career with, with, with Tyler soccer, you know, with MLS. Uh, my career started in 2009 when I went to MLS Cup, and I snuck into a meeting with some of the biggest journalists in the country. Uh, Don Garber was there. Uh yeah, he made a few jokes that I'm un, I'm not allowed to repeat. Uh, but, <laughs> Lovely. How dark yeah, are they? He, Put yeah, he, he totally did the whole like, hey, you know, since we're all buds, let me tell you a couple of things. And, you know, you know he, he's a freaking executive. He's a freaking commissioner of a sports league. So, you know, uh, he does cool shit. But anyways, um, from the very beginning, man, I always had this sort of unconventional route, route in the soccer. I mean, it, you know, I, when I was growing up, like, I grew up with Zach Abdel. That was the Galaxy, or excuse me, he was the Galaxy's goalkeeper coach when he won MLS Cup, and then he went over to LAFC okay. during the Bob Bradley era. So, um, you know, that's how I sort of got into journalism was I was just a soccer player first, and then sort of journalism, or uh, journalist second. But, man... For me, I, I've always thought, and this is just my opinion, I'm not shitting on anybody because a lot of my colleagues do great work, but I always thought that the coverage has always been very boring. You know what I mean? Uh, like, and I'm talking like, like, like two months ago when I was making a pitch to somebody, but, you know, um, I mean, I had someone come on to me that once, like, you know, if you go to the MLS website, like, you know, they call it propaganda, you know, and... I feel like the coverage is very just across the board, you know. Think about the fact that in America, we have people love MLS and that's cool, but think about like all, all the people, like the self conscious, like wieners, the Euro snobs. So many people just, you know, they take their coverage and they, they put it through the lens of like people who are always worried about American soccer and. You know, the, the whole conversation of just every five seconds, like, is the league growing? Is, is soccer growing? Is American soccer growing? Are enough people playing abroad? Is this guy in the second division of the Belgian league? Should he be called up? I mean, all these – I get so tired of that shit. Can't we just enjoy the game, may, you know? May I, may I 
interject. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Interject. Yes. Yes. One yes. player right now. And I like it. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, you know, controversy. Three controversies in one day. I know you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, Mike. Are you a U.S. fan? U.S. Are, U.S. men's national team fan. Correct, but very casual. I'm not like anal stuff. No, I mean, not all of us like anal because it's a pain in the ass. But uh, are you a U.S. national team watcher, I guess? Yeah. Um, so hold, like on. Hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm like, okay. So you're you're familiar with DKMX, the Ken and Cal move. Beautiful. <laughs> and, and you know what it is? Well, it's kind of it's like, let me just... The most like uh, open question, but I think with no, hold on, with nothing to give you, it's so like weird. Wh- why? <laughs> just why? I I actually like hitting cow, but it's like Chivas. Why? Why that not? Is so weird. Why I think it, you know what it is. Right? It's weird, like, right? No, to me, what <laughs> it is really weird. It's it's why not? We have Absolutely. had. For years, oh, as a U.S. fan, oh, Liga as MX a U.S. Fan, as a U.S. fan, we're winners. We're winners. Why would they do that again to themselves? No, yeah, as U.S. So fans, weird. we're winners, right? Yeah, one hundred percent, hundred percent. We're winners. Yeah, because this is going to work or it's not. We already know that. It doesn't matter. You Where have you an American international, um, and your Chivas, who are supposed to be all Mexican, Mexican which he is. But he's an American international. Nah, but you it's started. So you you man. you steered away from the question, mm. which was: <laughs> <laughs> Is modern media and journalism and all these videos uh, the opinion of that? And and my opinion of it, it it coincides with our professional gentlemen here. There's professional gentlemen like Edgar and Mike, and then there's us who have. The feelings and no facts, and and I think both could coexist in the same in the same circle. Uh, maybe not Sleep be life. as involved when it comes to the professional aspect, like these two gentlemen have had. They've been able to be in press conferences, been able to interview players right after the games. That's the professional side, and it's lovely. What we do, we talk our shit, and make and, and people tune into it. And it's there's nothing wrong with that, as long as it's not just a bashing of the team, and it's more nah, but it's feelings, like, no facts, yeah. because we love this team, yeah, and, and we it, go with the it, team. It, it, it's kind of like a friend kind of thing, but with less consequence because we don't know them directly. But it's like I'm fat. You fool, you're fat. You know, it's like we're not talking about your weight, bro. You we're know, <laughs> oh, what did you do today? Uh, Eat a cheeseburger? Yeah, you fucking fat. Up you, yeah, exactly. It's just kind of like that. You know, nah, I nah, wouldn't take it offensive. It's definitely I'm like, not that. I get it. I'm a cheeseburger kind of body person. You know, if I ate a salad, I would look, look more like my friends. My assumption would be. In a circle of professionals like yourself, Mike Gray, um, Kevin Baxter, where you guys have actual degrees in journalism, I'm pretty sure it annoys other professionals that we're able to get into the space without having the proper training. Now, we're only able to get into it because of our 
initial reactions. You guys are the actual people that put in the work and come out with the facts. Like I said, we've been saying this on the show. We are all feelings, no right. facts. I, th- I, th- I don't know. I don't know if you, you missed what I was saying earlier, but I actually said that I think it's refreshing to have voices like oh, sorry about yours. That. It's it's voice it voices like the ones um Charlotte for example you know Fan TV you know those guys are new they just started doing this right yeah uh, like Matt our good friend Matt Baker out in St Louis a flyover footy it was his first year doing this too and, and he's, he's great with really it. good at it. yeah so you have all these different voices and I I like I said I I I think I I really like what Nag does. I mean, why am I still here? Right? You yeah. said you know I'm a journalist, right? I have all these, you know all these years of covering MLS and US soccer. Why and am I still means- hanging around with you guys? Right? Because I like what you guys do. Because uh, you guys can you guys can go and yell well, feelings, no facts, as loud as you want. But at the end of the day, you're still giving facts because you're talking about what's actually going on. But you're speaking like like Mike said. You guys have so much personality, and you're en- you entertain while also educating people. And that's why I still tell you, if you guys don't believe me, I feel you guys are still journalists at the end of the day because you know people tune in to listen to what you guys are saying because not only do they want to be entertained, but they also learn about what's going on with the club. And whether yeah. they agree with you or not, they still want to hear what you have to say. You guys hey. are underselling yourselves a ton. Yes. First of all, first of all, second of all, I don't want to hear any of this self-conscious bullshit, guys. <laughs> we're basically, we're basically a boy band at this point. All right. I look across and everyone's just. I mean, I can't even say it on air, but I mean, <laughs> Eddie's got the muscles of the group. Hell and, yeah. You know, sexy it, motherfucker, Eddie. Hercules. And we got the tattoos. Hey, <laughs> to finish it off, if you guys want to take Edgar and Mike, you want to take Eddie and myself out to dinner and make out, just say Gaikaku? it. Gaikaku? Just, hey, just say I it. I have taken you out to just dinner, baby. Yeah. I, I, think I, think, I think I both of you guys out to dinner already. <laughs> yeah, hey, just Wait, take us out to dinner. You know, we what might put out. We might what put out. If you want to send us a gift card too? News across the galaxy. Guy Yukaku. Mike's fixing up his hair. <laughs> hey, honestly, we're gonna tell the, we're in the spot so there's more. Guy Yukaku is. I love Guy Yukaku. The first one here, the Pasadena one, we used to kill it. But if you guys want to donate for us to get a neon sign that says "Keep on nagging," you guys yeah. can do that too. Sponsored by Guy Yukaku. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Send the money. Just kidding. Right, Chewy can't even comment on Guy Yukaku. Chewy, comment. What, it's pretty bomb. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> perfect, perfect. And that was the last question. Uh, thank you to everybody to submit a question. Thank you to everybody that's still up with us. Uh, just hearing us rant about nothing, to be honest. Oh, just because it's <laughs> the off season. Uh, and we have a special guest. And our special guest is a, is special. Yes. He's, a, he's a very genuine human being. And thank you, you, know, you for, you know, for You know coming. who he looks like? Look, you see the lighting? Like my next You're, girlfriend. Hey, uh, hey. <laughs> oh, my next girlfriend. Anyways, uh, you watch him. You know, you familiar with, <laughs> hey, you familiar with Marvel? I mean, yes. Also, you like like Adam Warlock while he's flying. Ooh, Adam Warlock. <laughs> yeah, look at the lighting in this fucking Lion King here over Simba and shit. Like, I like Mr. Head and shoulders, man. That. <laughs> 
<laughs> that one's burned into my brain. I'm gonna be uh, telling people. Yeah, well, now. you have the skin cutter. Because I just can't wait, wait for the be. six. Woo, that's a good song. I won't say I can't wait to be friends because oh. that's all I see. No, well, I was saying six for this guy. Yeah. Whatever, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, but I want to go further than friends. Uh, nah. You're stuck in yeah. a friend zone, bro. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> so, um, let's wrap it up. You sir? Yeah, I think that's I it. never wrap it up. You have to? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? We have another secret topic that. Go ahead. I'm, we'll see. I'm having a good time. I don't want to go anywhere. I mean, I mean you, can I stick out. you can stick around after. Uh, we just don't want everybody here. to stay up to like, tw- 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 well, wait, one, two? No, I can go. 3 a.m. on a Sunday? Nevertheless, no, after dark is the best time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to chat after? We can stay on. Edgar has his kid. Yeah. I know Edgar has to, has to go. Killer shirt, by the way, yeah. Edgar. Can you explain to everybody what that shirt is? Oh, this shirt right here. Yeah. Oh, this is this is a, this is a throwback to the 1980s, man. This is a, my favorite cartoon of all time. This is a Robotech, the 1980s, and this is Rick Hunter. He's a pilot uh, for the Robotech Defense Force. Uh, if you ever watched this cartoon, if you haven't, go look it up on YouTube, Robotech. And it's based off like an, a Japanese cartoon called Macross, and they they took Macross and spliced it with two other cartoons, and they made like a whole long saga out of it. But this guy was the he was the main character from the the first uh, series, which was was called the Macross series. And he was a young kid who was at the age of like uh, seventeen, eighteen, was thrust into an intergalactic war, and he had to quickly become a leader. And in the end, he ended up becoming. Uh, you know, like a, a lieutenant commander, leader of the Earth Forces against like an alien invasion. And I just really love his character because when I was a kid, I I saw him as like a, like as a kindred spirit. And, I, you know, because he, he was nervous with girls and he was still learning how to navigate his way through life. And in the end, he ended up having to figure out who he was as a man and what his role was going to be. That's so, crazy. Yeah, I, I I never knew anything you read wasn't carved in stone. Uh, so if you want to find me <laughs> anywhere, and oh, actually, sorry, go ahead on myself. Thank you very much. There you go, Mike Gray, the original Kurt Russell, the original LAG <laughs> Confidential. Yeah, <Kurt> <laughs> exactly. Thank the you original Cutie Patootie. Yes. <laughs> if you, you want to find me on any social media, you can find me as Eddie Nags. I'm you not very active lately, so yeah, Eddie Nags, right? You can find me as Bryant Nags, B R Y A N T underscore Nags, both on X slash Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Edgar? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter. Refuse to call it X, uh, you know, as Edgar Nags also on Instagram. And if you're interested, also YouTube. I've been doing a lot of uh, WWE t- uh, 2K23, uh, like lovely world building recently. And I, I'm thinking about uploading some of the videos I'm doing because they're pretty, pretty nuts. I mean, I have wrestling matches between Doctor Who and Skeletor on there, and like Batman <laughs> versus Cristiano Ronaldo, who are fierce rivals. And I might upload those. So, you know, if you have YouTube, look me up. Mike. Perfect. Chewy? Chewy Asso. Oh, Chewy Asso. Sorry, my bad. Uh, you guys can find me as Travis J.A., Travis Ha, on all my socials. 
Pretty easy. Pretty simple. And of course. Last but not least. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Coming to the stage. It's my guy. <laughs> Let him know where they can find you. Don't worry about a C-section. I mean, what? What? <laughs> Sunday evening. So those are just friendly scars. Those are smiley faces right under their belly button. <laughs> My grapes. How am I supposed to follow that up, man? All right. Uh, you can find me at Mike Gray AFC on Twitter, X, whatever, and on Instagram at mdangergray. Perfect. Uh, Beautiful. Once again. All right. On my Twitter. <laughs> Follow my Twitter. He's trying. Those IPs are strong, huh, Mike? Something <laughs> like weird <laughs> I can't. Love I, oh, you cra- cracking out? I can't. I can't hear anything anymore. I, I think uh, I gotta go. Damn it, Chewy. Uh, you know that cell phone ring. You know how it goes. All right, that's fine. One here. So yeah, let's get about here. Thank you, everyone, for watching. This is part two of 2024 for the yeah. News Across the Galaxy. Team. We're gonna have another show next week. Just to let you know. We're gonna try. Oh, no, we will. Here. We have special guests lined up. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. <laughs> just the way we start and then follow later, just like the galaxy. Just like the, ga- uh, hey, just like hope, the galaxy. Baby. Well. There's, there is one thing that Brian and I discussed earlier. Of course. Um, remember, Brian, we were talking about how, like, uh, we did that whole series last year with we talked to uh, podcasters from around the league before, you know, for Galaxy, you know, match previews. And yep. it, it was fantastic. It was great. Was we, we made so many good friends. Uh, and this season, there are some contacts that we have that we're not going to play. For example, we're not playing Orlando. We're not, we're not playing DC United. We're, you know, um, for ex- you know, just as an example. But we're still going to check on on them because, you know, MLS is a family. So we're going to check in on those guys and see how they're doing because um, we need to build our Airbnbs for free. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, you know, we're going to check on those guys. And it'll be interesting because, you know, everybody has amazing stories to tell from their point of view. You know, everybody tells their story. You know, we tell our story from the Galaxy point of view. They tell their story from you know their city's point of view, and we all see what everybody's doing, and this is all makes up part of the beautiful MLS quilt that we yeah, enjoy. Yeah, I love hey. that. I love that. And you know what? We're a Galaxy podcast. We haven't played you yet, and Edgar hasn't reached out to you, or we haven't checked your inbox or spam. We're sorry, but we're all hoping you're having a great year so far. Yeah. We're in week two of the year for Bryant, Edgar. Uh, Chewy in studio Guti he hasn't talked much very special guests special thanks to Mike Gray yeah my name is Eddie this has been News Across the Galaxy as always in 2024 as always no no as always oh till next time oh till next time keep on (laughs) nagging keep on nagging he knows the natural Chewy keep on nagging